0: Hello and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate news and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability, really anything impacting today's supply chains. My name is Brielle Jekyll, the managing editor here, and today I am talking cold storage with an executive from NAI, James E. Hansen, Inc. to discuss some of the trends happening in that space right now as the popularity grows and ordering becomes commonplace online. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. I am here with EVP Managing Direc- Director of NAI James E. Hansen, Inc., Mike Walters. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you taking the time to hear what I have to say.
0: So. We're talking about cold storage right now, which is a super important topic, especially with the vaccines. And in addition, so many food delivery is becoming in the last mile is becoming very, very popular. So the cold storage sector as a whole is significantly growing. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about some trends that are happening in cold storage right now?
1: Certainly, there's a lot of trends taking place. Uh, the COVID world has changed cold storage and that people are doing the same functions and lesser space with more distance between themselves. Also, um, cold storage has changed with e-commerce has really changed the game. So people are buying a larger percentage of prepared and frozen food. And uh, a couple other points is um, the frozen and refrigeration section um, of the two, the refrigeration sector is going to lead the trend going forward as having much, much more dynamic growth than the frozen section. And that's because um, they're changing and exceeding the shelf life of basic refrigerated goods. And uh, that's one of the big innovative changes that is, is taking place. And also companies are spending a lot of money in R&D to further that uh, shelf life.
0: Wow, that's interesting to me because I uh, was covering a lot of reports in during the pandemic, during the major shutdowns, about the increase in frozen foods. It was just like a dramatic jump but I can definitely see that calming down because many experts did say that that was likely not going to continue as dramatically because obviously people were just trying to get food that they could hold on to for a while. But I can see the, the technologies increasing, shelf life's increasing, and people are are interested in in fresher foods. I know personally, I always am looking for the freshest and, um, you know, closest to the source that I can
1: get. And, and that's a very interesting point, because as we live through COVID, we all went shopping and frozen goods and people bought additional freezers so they could store meat, so they, anything frozen, so they knew that they could get through a week or two weeks versus it might be typical um, three to five days that, uh, you know, people have things in their freezer. Absolutely.
0: Now, how has the industry adapted to that significant growth that happened in the last few years?
1: You know, the industry has adapted. The cold storage is is so reactive, and it showed how quickly they could adapt, how quickly they could change worker conditions um, to make it safe, as well as Um, added facilities and getting closer to the customer. And that's been one of the big adaptations is, we'll go on to another another question, which is micro-fulfillment. But what's happening is by adapting and getting closer that last mile to the customer and having more smaller facilities that work off a larger hub facility is one of the innovations that's taking place.
0: So with this growth in micro-fulfillment, How does that fit into the cold storage area?
1: Well, the the, the growth is dynamic, and they've they've done that um, quite well with including partnerships, collaborations, geographic expansions, contracts, joint ventures, and new product launches, and also a heavy, heavy investment in R&D and how to be more productive, as well as looking at uh, order taking, how orders are taken to how they're processed And how quickly they're processed because one of the big dynamic changes is it used to be if you ordered something the typical timeline timeline was was two days now that two days goes to one day and now that one day is going to four hours so
0: with the growth and popularity um of delivery and cold storage in general that, that can also cause problems with sustainability how is the industry handling sustainability specifically, um, and especially with refrigerants, producing such a larger carbon footprint?
1: You've certainly done your homework, and that's one of the conundrums of cold storage, because cold storage represents about 1% of the world's CO2 emissions which will only increase with demand. And also this presents a catch 22 with climate change, meaning that the necessitation for cold storage will be greater, but cold storage um, further creates that. So that's why options such as as solar options, renewable energy sources, and also looking at packaging. Um, Right now, the American consumer will pay Extra for sustainable products, they will pay extra, and I think it's been led by the garment industry that you know you're you're using containers over and over again versus just using them throwing away. That's where I see one of the trends, and the whole sustainability issue will certainly be greater as each day goes on.
0: Right, I absolutely agree. That's it's great to hear that all of those new trends and, and strategies are taking hold. I saw a report today come out about how. Luxury clothing companies and you know higher end brands—they they were always reluctant in the past to use sustainable packaging because it's usually just a brown cardboard box or, or something very plain. So now they're all inventing new ways to create exciting sustainable packaging that still looks pretty and pleasing, I guess I, I would say to to the consumer. Absolutely. Well, that's all the questions I have for today. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me.
1: It's a real pleasure. I look forward to talking to you in the future.
0: Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Brielle for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google playlist apps so you never miss an episode.